0: This is a special presentation of Answers for Elders with Legacy Estate Planning with Stephen Waltar.
1: Welcome to the program, everyone. It's Saturday and it's Answers for Elders Radio and I have Mr. Stephen Waltar here from Money and Law. And Stephen is from Legacy Estate Planning in Bellevue and welcome, Steve, to the program. Glad to be here. Steve, I'm thrilled that you're here because a lot of us have a lot of questions about trusts. Trust is kind of one of those things that, you know, you hear these words and these terms go around, but you really don't know what they do, what they are, the different types. And so I think we're we're going to talk about that a little bit today, are we?
0: Yeah, I like the phrase, don't put your trust in money, put your money in trust.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's really good.
0: But the so, question is what kind, because there's so many.
1: Correct. Of and obviously, Um, people think, well, if I just have everything in a trust, it doesn't matter. Well, there's different types. There's
0: tons of different types. I like this, you know, the masters just happened recently and, you know, there's different golf clubs for different shots, right? Right. So there's different trusts for different purposes. There's revocable ones, meaning you can change them. You can amend them. You can, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like you can change a will. You can change a lot of trust. There are also irrevocable ones. They are ones that um, you're trying to protect assets or protect the government from getting at things. Mm-hmm. And then even within those, there's different realms. There's Medicaid right. ones. There's Veterans Administration ones. There's gifting trusts. There's so we as an estate planner, I have the, this tool of all these different kinds of trusts. Amazing. There's trust for spouses. <clears throat> there's trust for children, grandchildren, all sorts of things. And you some know, go through court, and some don't.
1: Yeah, and and I I know like. For my dad, he had what was called a family trust, and inside that, he had two different types of trusts. He had one that was became irrevocable upon his death, uh-huh. and then he had a separate trust for his wife, and then everything was passed on to the family after that. But his, I, from what I understand, his portion of the trust once he passed away became irrevocable. Is that common?
0: Yeah, that is common, and and actually I like that because um, it means he he loved your mom, he wanted to provide for her. But rather than giving things outright, I like to analogize a trust to a, like a tube of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. You know, if you squeeze the toothpaste out, anyone could get it, their creditors could get it, the state could get it. You just and you can't get that toothpaste back in the tube. Right. But why not put it in a container in a trust for the benefit of someone? Right. And if the one that created it has passed on, it means you're going to get creditor protection. Right. You're going to get estate tax protection. And Washington State has a different rule than the federal government. So sometimes it, it makes sense to give in trust for people you love.
1: Mm-hmm. So I've had other friends say, well, I have a will. I don't need a trust. What's the difference and why would I need one or the other?
0: Well, and, and of course, until I meet with someone, I can't know. Not everyone needs a will. Not everyone needs a trust. Right. Um, the difference is if you hire an architect and you're going to build a home and mm-hmm. they build a blueprint for you, does that build the home? No. No. A will is a blueprint. It does not do anything until you die, and and it often doesn't control everything. So, um, you know, you may have life insurance and IRAs and bank accounts and all sorts, and the only asset that would go through a probate is things needing retitled like a home.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it.
0: Um. So sometimes that's all a will will control is a home. And if you're going to have the home go directly to someone, you don't want creditor protection, you know, now you can do transfer on death deeds. So you may not even need a will, let alone a trust. But sometimes you want to actually route many assets to be controlled by a trust, and you actually want to protect the next generation.
1: Sure. And, and then, then all that happens is the beneficiary changes. Is that correct? For the most
0: part? Yeah, the beneficiary can be the same of a will or trust. It's just the administration is different.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, Yeah, so in
0: in some ways it's pay me now, (laughs) pay me later. Trusts tend to be more work and cost up front, but they also organize things. Um, You clean up title. Husbands and wives can get titled the way it ought to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you don't have to worry about which assets go through court, which assets don't. You can just avoid all the assets from going through court and kind of have your entire portfolio handled in a
1: trust. So... If Rather I,
0: than the life insurance in one, right. and the beneficiary on the other, and then the will controls the home, and that's it.
1: Right, right. So if I don't have a trust, and I have a will, and upon my death, then you're talking about things will go into probate. So what happens in probate?
0: Yeah, yeah. So probate's just the legal process of proving someone died, and mm-hmm. now you have to take a death certificate, because one attorney tried to start a probate too soon.
1: <laughs> right. Isn't
0: that terrible? Um and you notify the creditors, people that the, protecting creditors is part of the process of probate. So if there's a final bill to be paid, right. you know, you got to resolve the final claims. And um, once you've paid off the attorney, the personal rep, the, the creditors, once you've gone through like a four-month wait, then you actually can wow. get things to the beneficiaries. And again, it may be at that point you're squeezing it out of the tube; it goes outright, or it may go into a trust. But it's just it's a court process that has a bunch of pleadings and little time delays and waits, and supposed to be kind of some checks and balances. Um, but it's not known for being really quick. I don't right. think Washington's a terrible state, but it's just it's a legal process to get someone appointed. They collect the assets of the estate, they resolve the debts they notify the heirs, and then eventually they move assets to the beneficiaries or they sell and give cash or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you have no authority to sell a home after someone dies until – you get someone appointed to handle the deceased's estate. Right, right. If it's a probate process. And
1: it may not be one of the heirs. It may be, uh, isn't it sometimes an attorney that will handle things yeah, like that? Yeah, usually the
0: attorney does the legal stuff, but usually the attorney's not the person that would be able to sign the, the PRD to sell the property. They okay. just do the pleading saying you are now appointed, and then they go and they list the car or they Got list it. the home or do things like that. Got
1: it. So obviously there's different types of trusts. Um, we talked about the family trust a little bit about what my dad did, but you talk about irrevocable. In an irrevocable irrevo- trust, that means there's no changes to the trust once it's, that person is passed. Is that correct? That's the normal
0: way to view it. In, okay. in a lot of states, you can actually sometimes change an irrevocable trust with a court order or notice or a whole process. But mm-hmm. the, the, the purpose of an irrevocable trust is to limit access to it Make sure there's creditor protection. And sometimes by making it irrevocable, um, you're going to make sure that this asset doesn't come back in the taxable estate. Sure. Or a creditor couldn't come after you. You're giving up some rights if you create an irrevocable trust.
1: Got it. Got it. And
0: thus you're protecting it
1: more for certain beneficiaries. And then there's, I know, a revocable trust.
0: Yeah. And a revocable trust is, <laughs> you know, your trust or trust to your beneficiaries. You're kind of all three people. So that's why I say it's like a giant power of attorney. Got it. And for me, my wife and I, we have a trust, a revocable living trust. We're the trustors, trustees, and beneficiaries. So we can amend it, change it. We don't tell the IRS. But we've got our home and we've got an out-of-state property all titled in the trust. Mm -hmm. And then when one of us dies, part of our trust becomes irrevocable and part of it stays revocable. Because I figure there's the above and below ground person. Right. 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 One of us is alive, so that's amendable. We're still trust or trustee beneficiary, but on the bypass or family trust, or there's lots of different names, I wanted to make sure that it's protected from estate taxes. If my wife were to remarry, I don't want the pool boy to get the assets, you know, so I've got certain protections there. And this gives us kind of a doubling effect. So we avoid estate taxes.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So there's and then, you know, when my wife dies, then it goes to our children and that sort of thing and our charities and all of that.
1: Right. So what comes what other kinds of trusts are there?
0: Um, there's house trusts. Sometimes people want to take a house that's really valuable and you put it in an irrevocable trust and you essentially shrink the value of the house because it's going to be a long time before the ultimate beneficiaries get in it. So sometimes you take a trust, you put a home in it, you shrink the value and you say for the next 10 years or 20 years, you're able to live there. And then even after the term of the trust is done, you can keep living there. You just, you don't own it the beneficiaries own it, but you can have the right to keep living there. And what it means is if you die after the term is done, you don't own the home at all. So it's a way to avoid or lessen estate taxes.
1: Got it. Got it. Um, and then, um, what else? Yeah.
0: Well, special needs trust is a Mm -hmm. very common one. If you've got a child, a grandchild, a nephew, someone that is had an accident or, um, they they have some handicaps that that they're 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 faced with disabilities they may be qualifying for certain governmental housing or programs or insurance and if you give them a bunch of cash they would be disqualified so a special needs trust is a way to say look i a lot of my a lot of people come to me and say oh, well I'll just trust my other son or my why would you do that you can draft a trust that says look i'm not going to replace whatever governmental benefits are available but for things that aren't covered right I do want to provide things. Right. And so it's a way to make sure you're giving extra protection for that beneficiary without cutting off what the state or other insurance or, you know, what governmental benefits might be there.
1: Right. Right. So in, in all— And
0: there are more. I mean, I there was going to say.
1: <laughs> so if, if somebody goes to see you, a lot of the determining different types of trusts are going to depend, obviously, on, number one, what your desires are and your unique circumstances. And you're going to make that judgment based on...
0: Yeah, I said earlier, don't put your trust in money, put your money in trust. I just don't know if that's going to be a trust in a will for a grandchild, if it's a living trust, Mm -hmm. if it's a trust for a spouse. There are safe harbor trusts if you want to make sure the state of Washington can't put a lien on a property... After one spouse dies, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So, that's wow. again, I don't know. I don't have an agenda to put everyone in a trust. I have an agenda to figure out what are their goals, who they well, try to protect. How to
1: protect their assets yeah. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, how do we get a hold of you?
0: Two ways. I think the easiest pick up the phone and make a phone call. Uh, we're in Bellevue, 425 455 6788. That's 425 455 6788 you could also go to our website which is waltar.com w-a-l-t-a-r.com and you could you know sign up for a free consult or download a questionnaire or something like that that'd be
1: great and then you know people can come to you and um you know just have a free consultation understand a little bit about more of the process and i know you're really easy to get to because you're right in hidden valley office park um and there's free parking it's very simple to get to your office would love
0: to meet with Steve, people. Steve,
1: thank you for explaining all this really complex, uh, compl- I can say complexity, <laughs> as we go through this uh, Navigating Senior Care. We appreciate your support.
0: You're welcome. This has been a special presentation of Answers for Elders with Legacy Estate Planning with Stephen Waltar. For more information for Legacy Estate Planning, go to waltar.com. That's W-A-L-T-A-R dot com.